the digital transition. Digital Transition, brought to you by Fulton Trotter Digital, a podcast series created to assist those tasked with implementing digital strategies, where we will share our knowledge and experiences to support you in your transition. Welcome to the Digital Transition podcast number five. I'm your host, Nathan Hildebrandt, and today I'm chatting with Maces from the UK, BIM advisor, Dr. Marcia Olpagni. Today we'll be discussing the hot topic of level of development, or as it's well known in industry, LOD. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today, Marcia. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'm very glad to be here today. Thanks a lot. Now, firstly, uh, Marcia, for those that are not aware of who you are, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I am a building engineer and I work as BIM advisor at MIS London, where I develop and implement a digital construction solution for international clients. And I'm also involved in several initiatives. Um, so I'm task group leader at uh, the European Committee for Standardization, CENTIC442, on building information modeling on the topic of LOD that I'm sure that we will cover later. And then I'm also a core member of the BIM Excellence Initiative, and I'm assistant editor of the BIM Dictionary, that is a tool that is available online for free. And uh, I'm also ambassador of the UK BIM Alliance and the founder of Italian in Digital Transformation UK. So that's a small CV that you have there, Marzia, and 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 that's why I think uh, I think uh, myself and the listeners today are very grateful for your time and and your and your uh, the wisdom that you're going to part with us today. But uh, one of the things that I think that's really important to note is that you're essentially a doctor in BIM, uh, which I think you should be really proud of. And I guess. For the listeners out there, what, what was your PhD focusing on and uh, what did you find? Yes, thank you. So I recently finalized a PhD from Politecnico di Milano in Italy on the use of BIM in public sector and especially on the digitalization of tendering and awarding processes. And as part of my work, uh, I really wanted to develop something useful for the industry. And is the reason why I work uh, with the uh, public clients, in particular with uh, Massport, it is the Massachusetts Port Authority uh, in Boston, and with the BIM team uh, at the UK Ministry of Justice, where they, this both um, organization, they implement uh, building information modeling. And um, I, my main findings were really to understand uh, uh, which is the state of art on the implementation of uh, BIM in uh, client organization and uh, which type of clients they can benefit more on the using of building information modeling. And I also developed a framework for information modeling requirements that has been used as a base for the work that I'm chairing at European level. You know, we speak a lot about uh, LOD and I found a lot of confusion. Um, so as part of my PhD, I really wanted to to create a new framework in order to support clients in defining their information modeling requirements. And uh, also, um, I developed a smart contract in collaboration with the University of Russia um, to study how clients' requirements can be defined and managed in a consistent and, and ambiguous way to allow automatic and semi-automatic compliance checking. So I cover part of the 
legal implication of you using BIM. So it's a small doctor. It doesn't cover much. <laughs> it, co- it covers quite a yeah. lot, doesn't it? But um, yeah. In other words, uh, probably one of the world's leading experts in um, dealing with requirements and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, um, thank you. Um, I I think it is really um, an interesting topic because there are um, a lot of people that they use uh, uh, concepts such as LOD and uh, they are not really happy with it, but they don't they don't they don't challenge this concept. So I I published this article in 2016 um, called the many phases of LOD that you can find um, online, and it was I think the first time. Um, where you know I, I, I mentioned is this confusion that is uh, in uh, in the industry. So that was the starting point to then develop something to to move forward and and to support the industry. Yes, and and hence our conversation today. But uh, you you've touched on the fact that you work for Mace. Um, for people that aren't aware um, of. Obviously, what Mace does. Can you share with us a little bit about the services that Mace provide and the type of company that they are? Yeah, sure. So Mace is an international consultancy and construction company uh, focused and built on uh, exceptional people and the uh, commitment to service uh, excellence. And um, we provide expertise across the whole project life cycle. And I think it is also one of the reasons why I wanted to to work for Mace because. Uh, we know that uh, building information modeling uh, is uh, is about the entire life cycle of uh, of, the, of the project. So we provide everything from investing in projects, from uh, program uh, management, cost consulting, construction delivery, fit out, and facility management. And um, we have uh, uh, work across a board of uh, client base in sectors such as the public building and state uh, defense and security, hotels and residential, arts and culture, health um, and education, transport, energy, uh, utilities, commercial, regeneration, leisure and sports. Uh, and uh, also we are uh, quite strong on data centers. And uh, we are active uh, uh, not only in Europe, but also in North America, Middle East, Africa, Asia, and of course also in Australia. That's, that's good to be part of a multinational sometimes. But uh, you have been honoured with an award as well from the Italian Engineer Association. Um, you able to share some details about that award and, and uh, what you won it for? Yeah, so in 2017, the Italian Engineering Association uh, gave me the award uh, as uh, um, Women in Genius. So this is a award for my activities at international level, uh, especially in building information modeling. And for me, it's been a great honor to, to reach, uh, receive this prize. Uh, this prize is reserved in particular for women that are working in the construction sector. So, you know, uh, being a an, an young uh, uh, woman is, is, really, is really great to receive this prize. So you must be really proud that you won that award. Now, you're currently chairing the task group for LOD for the European Committee for Standardisation. Now, I guess this is kind of a really pointed question at the start of our discussion regarding uh, LOD, but do you believe that there is, there's substantial benefits to be achieved uh, from standardisation of LOD? Yeah, so um, I've been working um, at SEN, so that is the European Committee for Standardisation, for two years now. 
and uh, that have also been chairing this task group from experts from 11 countries. And um, it has been a, a great uh, experience. So um, it's, for me, it's not only on standardization, but it's also improving the current way of defining uh, LOD. And there is uh, for sure um, benefits in, in doing that because uh, currently different countries, uh, they refer to LOD um, at different levels. For example, um, for some countries, it is only related to to models, other only to model elements. Uh, for others, it is a mix of the two. And uh, so for some organizations, this is only related to geometrical aspects, other instead only for the um, alphanumerical ones uh, or a mix of the two. So it's um, it really open sometimes to interpretation. Most of the time, this concept is associated to, to a number. And, uh, and this can create, uh, as I say, misinterpretation. And also, it's uh, quite difficult to, to check in an automatic way. So there are really, um, I think, benefits on the standardization work on, on this topic. One of the interesting comments I guess I'd make would be is in here in Australia that there's there's obviously competing interests across, you know, um, different states that typically occur within our country. How challenging is it actually to have 11 different countries at the table trying to actually create a standardization for uh, 11 countries? Are, are most of the companies or most of the countries open to change or open to agreement or is it, you know, is it a harmonious discussion or is it quite interestingly a, a debate? Yeah, yeah. I think it is uh, it's interesting because uh, even if uh, um, LOD has been created as a concept many years ago, uh, still uh, we are discussing about what, what, what does it mean and how to, to define. It's, it's similar to um, somehow to, to the definition of BIM itself. In this case, I think uh, that the concept is, uh, is evolving, but also maybe it's not been uh, defined in the, in the best way. So is the reason why we are here. And having conversation about it. The, the main reason why I wanted to talk to you today is because here in Australia, we see a lot of um, requests from clients for delivery of kind of, uh, you know, at the end of design, either an LOD 300 model or when clients are specifying uh, deliverables to um, contractors, they might say, well, I want an LOD 400 or an LOD 500 model at the end of each of those phases. From our perspective, I understand the reason that um, there are significant problems with this blanket request because, you know, essentially all they're doing is, is they've, seen some um, BIM material out there and thought, oh, well, this is what I need. And the challenge is, as, as you kind of talked about earlier, it's all about understanding um, what benefits it's going to provide. Now, questionably, in the UK, with the, the BIM mandate that came out in 2016, have you seen more detailed deliverables specified now because of that? And, and are clients actually more savvy now in understanding LOD at an element level rather than and, and essentially asking what elements they'd like modelled rather than just having a blanket statement across um, a contract as, as a one sentence? Yeah, before answering to, to your question, I would like to say something uh, that maybe I didn't mention before. So about my, my work at European level, it's also interesting because we were speaking about uh, the, the needs uh, related to, to, to LOD, what, what is needed. 
Um, so the um, the the work that I'm trying to expand uh, is is called um, level of information need. Um, so it's not uh, anymore a LOD. And the, the the standard also will be published uh, this year. Um, so hopefully you will uh, read and, and find it interesting and in, in useful. So this, this term level of information need has been included for the first time at international level in the ISO 906050 series. So that, that are also uh, based mainly in the UK uh, work uh, and the past 1192 series. Um, so coming back to your, to, to your question um, related to, to the current uh, um, state of uh, work in, in UK related to, to these uh, topics, uh, it's, it's quite interesting because uh, UK has been the first uh, country uh, defining the so-called level of definition as a combination of level of information and level of detail. There is this uh, uh, separation between the geometrical part, so the level of detail, and uh, the level of information, um, the alphanumerical one. And this is, this is quite, uh, uh, it, I think that this was a, a first uh, uh, improvement because uh, it uh, uh, forced the, the client in, in UK to think about uh, um, not only the geometrical aspect and the, the detailing uh, part, but which are the information, the properties, the attributes that are needed. So it's really about the uh, information um, part uh, on building information modeling. And um, I was, I, I remember um, sitting with clients and defining this, this topic and uh, with them. And uh, as, as most of the um, people, um, we associate uh, this uh, LOD to, to a number. So in UK, it's, uh, it's from one to seven. But then when you define this, this number with the clients, uh, and especially if uh, billing information modeling is part of the contract, then you want to say something more and you want to check if the source uh, is, is clear enough. Because now we start to have also um, legal um, claims uh, related to, to building information modeling. So what what does it mean LOD uh, 3? Or what does it mean LOD 300 of a wall or, or of a building? Are we sure that we are speaking about the same thing? Are we sure that uh, we define in a clear and unambiguous way our requirements? So um, I think that with this separation of information and, and detail here in UK, uh, it, was, it was good to start uh, to think about, okay, what I would like to receive, which are the key uh, information that I would like my uh, model to, to, to contain and so on. One of the things I think about a lot is, is about streamlining and standardization of things. Now, um, if we take the scenario where we talk about beginning with the end in mind or essentially understanding the, the purpose of use of the information that the, the client is or expecting, you know, is there a position where industry could set some default settings for the level of development and, and in the UK being level of um, detail and then level of information? So, uh, say for example, I know here in Australia, NatSpec set up a number of years ago a, a massive matrix which had set out the information requirements specifically for the different 
deliverables. So, for example, if it was for quantity takeoff or if it was for structural analysis, they had a series of parameters that were required to be delivered for each of those. But it didn't outline it for each individual element type. Now, if, if say, for example, industry came up with a standard EIR, for example, where the settings were put in place already in response to uh, each of the BIM deliverables as a starting point for clients to actually work from, uh, rather than kind of saying, oh, you have to sit down and, and talk with a consultant because 90% of uh, clients are probably not educated enough to understand what their needs are. And then it's going to get become a scenario where a lot of consultants are essentially going to have to be engaged uh, constantly on every project to assist clients to actually specify in their deliverables rather than having a default position. Uh, and then if they're a more advanced client, then they can uh, modify those requirements on a needs basis. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that is a is, is really good point. Um, starting with uh, the the end in mind and uh, a focus on the on the purpose. Um, I really think it is a, a key a key part of of this uh, LOD concept, the information requirements in general. And uh, for me, it was really clear when I was working in Boston for the Massachusetts Port Authority, working with uh, Luciana Burdi, and she uh, and her team is uh, integrating building information modeling with lean construction. So with link uh, principles uh, that uh, providing only the information that is re- needed and not to produce uh, uh, waste. Um, so um, after working there, I I really um, realized the importance of defining the purpose. So we produce a lot of information um, and also we complain why, for example, maybe in the construction phase, uh, uh, the the models that are being created by architects are not used. Uh, but but why? Because they are not fit for purpose. Because in different phases uh, and for different purposes, we need uh, um, different information and also some uh, different. Um, so the geometry is different. If you think in doing uh, energy analysis or structural analysis, actually. The, the information and some the, the details are, are not the same, even if in the same phase. So it's uh, uh, this part of the work that are that we are developing at European level is really uh, focused on the on the on the purpose. So um, you you should uh, define why you need the, you need the information. So this is also a good exercise from the for the client. So asking. You know, instead of asking for too much information, what what you would like to achieve, how you would like to use your model, how you would like to use the information for, because if it's only for visualization, why to create a data-rich uh, model? So, and it's also associated to to, uh, to different costs, for example. And uh, another uh, thing that we that we were discussing um, before is the information needed and how to standardize this. So how to help the, the industry to uh, um, having some standards. So as you, as you can imagine, as we know, uh, creating these standards is, um, is, is quite difficult also because uh, um, sometimes in different countries we have different uh, specification, different um, uh, regulation that we need to, to follow. So there is, uh, I, I noticed that working at European level, and uh, but there, there is a, an, an effort that should be done by the industry 
trying to find a common base on at least the minimum uh, requirements for different purposes at different stage of the project, for example. And one good example that we are um, doing uh, in, in my in my group is working with the um, acoustic institution. Uh, so they are uh, helping us to define okay which are the uh, basic requirements that are asked, that are needed in order to uh, perform acoustic analysis. So we need to work with this uh, um, organization and this institution together in order to to find a common agreement. One of the things I guess. Uh, other things I want to t- touch on, I guess, is um, uh, the level of misunderstanding with LOD and its purpose. Now, once again, I kind of touched on it before where I talked about blanket clauses about delivering an LOD model to LOD 300, 400, 500. Are you able to outline for me kind of the purpose of LOD? And I know this is something that's 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 important here. And what also needs to be specified by our clients to ensure that they get the information they need? So, at this point in time, many people just think of LOD as being, you know, it's either geometry in their mind or they assume wrongly that LOD 300 means that, you know, the specific information that they require is going to be attached to it. Now, you talked quite clearly just before about all the problems that we always face here in industry right now where contractors may receive models from the design team and contractors complain saying that the model's not fit for purpose. Now, Maybe that's purely because of uh, mis- misspecification at the start from the client to the design team about the expectations of what they need to deliver. So I guess I'm going around in a bit of a circle, but I guess the, the key thing is, is you know, what what is it, what's really important about LOD specification for clients? What's the key thing from your perspective and how they should approach it? So for me, it's really important to um, start thinking why we need information. So first start with, with the why. And then to to define the the, the what, uh, so what what we needed to provide, and actually um, the work that I'm uh, chairing at European uh, level is trying to help creating this this framework in order to define uh, helping the, the the clients how then to to, to define the what. Um, so, but first is is really to understand okay what. What I would like to to do, what I would like to achieve um, in doing information with, with my information, will be the information modeling, and how I would like to use my model for. And uh, I think that we, we need to be flexible. I think that now there is also the technology can help us uh, in order to define uh, information requirements in a more flexible way. Um, I mean that by now um, this LOD is already related as i mentioned at the beginning of our discussion it's only related to model elements and in other instead is only related to models so to the entire uh, building so but um why is not for example related to system to parts to components um i i really think that we need to have a more flexible approach because for different purposes at different phases we define our requirements not only at element level, um, especially if you think about it, the, the early stage, uh, it, it's quite difficult to define all the elements that then that will be in your in your project. So first, start with with the end in mind. So start to define the purposes, uh, how you would like to use the information for work with your clients, and try to to define this, and then 
user, the level of information needs a, a framework in order to specify which are the information that are useful for you, which um, are the geometrical aspects, and also the documentation that can that should be produced in order to achieve your, your purpose. So it's actually just sitting down and actually taking the time to work through your specifications similar to how you'd go through the specification for your actual built asset in terms of what you actually want built. You actually invest in time in determining what information you really need so you're not actually getting weight. It's like when you do a brief for a building, you don't just go, oh, I'd like a couple of extra rooms here but I don't know what they're needed for, I'll just have them anyway. Asking for uh, additional elements to be modelled to a certain level or certain information that you'll never actually use is, is, is a similar waste. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, I, I always uh, tell my, my clients, you know, um, stop using this, uh, this numbering, uh, these metrics without um, defining what do you really want and try to define in detail um, what, what does it mean for you. Because when you start to um, go in the, in, in the details, you realize that uh, um, this, these numbers sometimes are, are not very clear, so you need to, to, to go in more detail. Also, to facilitate, as I mentioned also before, an automatic or semi-automatic uh, uh, checking that is really important uh, in, uh, for building information modeling. So to be able to um, check the information in an uh, automatic way. With the uh, the BIM mandate and the and the and the and the BS eleven ninety two standard suite that you have over there now, have you found that clients have been communicating the information needs and to all the purposes a lot better better um, compared to the past? Because obviously, right here in Australia right now, the clarity around the actual why um, isn't that much in terms of information provided by clients. Has it changed in the UK? The change is is really you know slow everywhere is a um, is a journey for everyone. But uh, I I notice uh, an an improvement also from the from the client in in better defining the the information. I think you need to have uh, this conversation with the intelligent. Uh, I I call it the intelligent client. I mean clients that understand the. The, the importance of building information modeling, uh, the importance of the having structure uh, information, so that for them is not only a tick box exercise. So we are doing BIM because maybe the government is asking for, or because maybe a sort of fashion everyone everybody is doing. But we needed to have these clients that they. Um, understand uh, uh, the um, the power and the importance of why we are we are we are doing building information modeling. And when you are with this client, then also uh, when you cover the the LOD topic, you say that they say, okay, I, I don't want to use this number anymore. I want to have this, that, and so on. So they are also able, together with the consultant. Uh, to to define the the their requirements in a more specific way. So it 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 takes time, but uh, I I personally I I was lucky to to work with some advanced client and to to see this improvement. So the positive will be that now that the ISO nineteen six fifty is in place and we have state government ag- agencies down here in Australia actually nominating them as part of their policies. 
that we may start to see clients being more informed and actually asking specifically or sharing with the delivery team or their supply chain the purposes of why they want BIM and that might actually then provide a response from the industry in terms of how they should actually deliver those models to meet the, the client's needs. So the del- digital deliverable is coming without waste. Now, I want to yeah. touch on the second um, most controversial topic regarding LAD and I, and I call it controversial only because of um, current client requests around around Australia and it's possibly a worldwide thing as well. And the client's request from contractors to actually issue an LOD 500 model. Now, I guess one of the things we haven't done as part of this conversation is kind of uh, explain the terminology behind what we what I've talked about. But um, uh, LOD 300 is a, is essentially a reasonably accurate model uh, depicting accurate dimensional uh, qualities of an element, and an LOD 500 model is a model that's a verified as built. Um, exact dimensionally accurate element. Uh, so that's kind of, I guess, the difference. Essentially, the second that a building is built, it becomes an existing asset. Now, there's there's two challenges that clients face. Uh, a client that wants to work on an existing built asset and then a client that essentially, uh, you know, the LOD 1, 2, 3, 4, 500 series essentially becomes almost irrelevant once a building has been completed and then and, and it becomes no longer a design or construction model but an a built model or an existing it becomes an now becomes an existing asset now are there any reliable and i'll call it reliable because it's a it's a challenge and there might be some systems out there but they're not perfect yet but is there a reliable lod system in place somewhere from around the globe from your research that classifies reliability reliability and accuracy of as built elements a very good uh, question and also one of the gaps that I found in my research at the, the beginning was uh, when I was carrying out my uh, PhD is that, for example one of the most uh, common um, specification that is used from being formed but maybe only a few people know that it is only for, for new construction and they said we have a lot of already existing uh, building that we need to, uh, to, to manage and especially in in Italy, uh, the, with the, um, we have a lot of uh, heritage uh, buildings. So Italy has been uh, uh, the first country to develop uh, a metric and taking care also the existing buildings. So in the UNI um, one one three three seven uh, part four. Um, so the um, the LOD has been defined with, with letters. Uh, to do something different uh, from A to G, but but why using letters? So the, the aim was to uh, underline that the, the classification was different from from the others, and in particularly the LOD F and G are specific for existing uh, uh, buildings. So this was a strong message to say when you refer to existing building, you need to. Um, to pay more attention and uh, to specify your information requirements in a in a different way. Um, so if you need, for example, to do different kind of service or investigation on the um, current state of your uh, building, uh, how you specify this, what you would like to, to achieve. Another um, answer to your question will be um, how to 
for example, to capture the reliability and accuracy of SBL information. So there is more related to um, uh, scanning. So, for example, how you um, scan an existing um, uh, space or an existing um, building or asset in general. Yep. So in, in US, they, they develop a, a different classification um, with a different numbering system from uh, 10 to 50 in order to define the, the accuracy of coin clouds. This is another reference. Um, that is available in the in the industry, and it can be used as a as a as a reference for for this kind of activities. So what we'll do is we'll provide a link uh, at the bottom of the at the bottom of the show notes for this podcast to that. Do you believe that's probably the good place to start for clients for, with existing assets in terms of using that Italian standard? There's nothing much else out there currently. I think it is really um, a topic that should be investigated in more detail. I think that these standards are a good uh, starting point, but we need uh, uh, more work uh, and also, um, you know, to to use it and to test it and you know, it also to to improve if possible. Um, again, these are um, mainly uh, based on uh, um, number system or letter, um, but. W- which for me is really what is the, the meaning behind, for example, it can be LOD, half, LOD, G, or um, this um, level of accuracy, um, 30, for example. We need to specify in more detail what, what does it mean in order to be sure that we are speaking um, on, on the same things in order to avoid um, misinterpretation. Yeah, and I'm and I'm guessing at the same time the costs of delivering um, certain levels of accuracy. And I know when you, you deal with point clouds and surveyors right now here in Australia, the cost of getting certain accuracy, depending upon the level of accuracy you actually need to manage your asset, and that's another key point in terms of waste from industry in terms of delivering essentially too much accuracy, uh, because the cost of delivering accuracy costs you more, and the purposes of actually just knowing that an asset's in a specific location to a certain dimensional outcome. And I, and I guess, is that something you're also experiencing overseas? Like it's, I guess it's very difficult, uh, say, for example, uh, with heritage buildings in, in Italy um, because, you know, accuracy is probably very important for those things in terms of if they are looking to potentially replace some sandstone or, or marble in the future where they probably want it to be, you know, millimetre accurate, even though it's not a kind of a manageable asset. Uh, the purpose of actually having an accurate uh, model of all those all of those facades would be very important. Is there any thoughts on that from your perspective as well? Yeah, yeah, I think that you you are you are totally right. I mean, there are some types of uh, assets that you need to have a very high level of uh, accuracy because maybe you are doing some restoration work or you want to record some some details in order then in the future to uh, replace that. And so you spend so a lot of effort, a lot of money uh, for doing this kind of uh, um, task. Uh, but then in other, um, in other cases, it's more like to have uh, um, an information about uh, the, the dimension. So you, you don't need to go in more in very detail about the the accuracy of of this, but you because you are doing, for example, uh, space planning, so you, you need to understand okay how 
how big is a, is a space. Uh, so then it, I think that we are coming back to the, to the same point as before. You need to have clear which is the purpose because then based on the purpose, you, you can also define which is your investment, how much you would like to spend uh, in money, on time and on resources. Uh, in order to, to achieve your goal. But then you need to have very clear uh, first uh, what's, what is your purpose. That's, that's, that's right. Now I've got one more question for you and this is a question I'd like to ask all of my guests uh, that I have on the show. Uh, just And hopefully at the end of the series I'll have a, a, a swathe of answers that are actually quite, I might turn into one uh, separate uh, audio bite. But what does BIM mean to you? Yeah, so this is a, a good question because as for LOG, that there are, you know, a lot of uh, the acronym is uh, translating in different ways. So there are level of development, level of definition, level of detail. Uh, and also for, for Veeam, um, is building information model, building information modeling, building information management and, and so on. Um, so there are there are different uh, definitions that has been provided from uh, at international level, and also uh, as I mentioned before, I'm assistant editor of the BIM dictionary, so you can find the the definition that is available in the in the dictionary to to BIM. For me, um, living information modeling is really a, an enabler for digital transformation. Uh, for the digital transformation that we are carrying out. Uh, in, in the construction sector. So this is what, what it is for me. So Marcia, thanks very much for taking the time to sit down with me today to discuss level of development or LOD. And if, um, you know, based on our conversations, if our clients begin to specify it correctly, it's going to assist industry to deliver high, higher value uh, digital assets for our clients. For those that are very quick and listening to this podcast on the 3rd of April uh, 2019, You'll also hear that, have the opportunity to hear more from Marcia in a presentation at Brisbane at QUT tonight where she'll be remoting in uh, from, from London to uh, present to the audience. So make sure you pick up your tickets. Thanks once again, Marcia, for your time. For more information, please head to our website and find the links to learn more about what we discussed today for further reading. I look forward to sharing with you our next interview in a fortnight's time. And until then, good luck with your digital transition. If you would like assistance with your digital transition, please contact us at digital at fultontrotter.com.au. For more information, or if you'd like to continue the discussion in the comments section, head over to our website, thedigitaltransition.com. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on our future podcasts. We would also appreciate it if you provide us with a rating and take the time to provide us with a review. Thanks for listening to The Digital Transition, brought to you by Fulton Trotter Digital. The Digital Transition.